Welcome to the teaching ministry of pastors Carl and Cheryl Thomas. Our favorite verse is Habakkuk 2.14. For the earth shall be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Consumed by that revelation, we are committed to recognizing, resourcing, and releasing high-impact ministries resulting in global glory, transforming lives to impact their world. We have a teaching that will impact you today. Now, let's get right into that word. All right, so we're going to get into the move. Can you say move? Uh, can you say hashtag I see move? Hashtag I see move. This sermon series is going to be move. We're going to move through the book of Mark. But if you hashtag I see move, every time somebody pushes hashtag I see move, they'll get something to do with this sermon. We want to put things in your hands. Just read it. How many read Mark? You knew we were doing Mark. You were reading it a bit this week. Started to dump into it. Three people. Four. Can I get, can I get another hand? Just let's, let's quietly wait. Do that. Do that this week. We're going to do Mark chapter 1 today. We're going all through the book of Mark. They'll read it. Next week, read chapter 2, chapter 3. Just soak in it and meditate on it. We're starting September 1st, we're starting our 10 days of prayer. We're going to start doing all kinds of things, sending you to help you. And we want videos from you about, if you're reading Mark and you saw something good, pick up your phone, take a little video yourself and say, I just read this. It's stinking awesome and I wanted to share it with you because we want to share that with everybody else. Amen? Because how many are missing all the faces of all your friends at church? So I get to see half your face today, and half your face looks pretty awesome. And some of you got some creative masks, good for you. And, uh, but we're going to do hashtag IC move. So you can do that, all right? Every time you post, post hashtag IC move, because Impact Church, you know, we actually are moving too. So, but we're going to go through the book of Mark because it's a movement book. All right. So I was in Chennai, India. I've been there several times. And uh, how many have been to Chennai with me? Some of you guys have been to Chennai with me. Been a pretty cool experience. But I was there one year and we were in Chennai, downtown Chennai. And it's always hard to get in and out of that city. It's almost impossible to get around in Chennai. So when we do go right down in the decor to do something, it's like, uh, and you're already a bit jet lagged and messed up. So it's like a three hour journey in and out. What would usually take us about 20 minutes over here just takes forever. Cause I mean, there are, there are water buffalo and ox carts and, and there's dogs and cats and cows and billy goats and people on bikes, people on feet, people on cars, people on mopeds. I mean, you see a family of six on a motorcycle, a little motorcycle. A family of six. There's no such thing as, you know, car seats and all those kind of things. You just pack them all on. You got, you got kids on the handlebars, kids on the back, the wife's side saddle holding the baby, and another kid on dad's shoulders. I'm not kidding. Anyways, we're trying to get through this mess of people, and it's just horrible. And we hire these drivers to help us because you got to be a little bit sideways to drive in Chennai. So we get this guy, though, and he's driving us, and all of a sudden, we hear an ambulance, whoop, 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 an ambulance coming up behind us. And when the ambulance slid by, he accelerated and jumped right behind the ambulance. He was like bumper to bumper with this ambulance. And I'm like, what is this dude doing? But he just locked up with the ambulance and then the ambulance was speeding through town. Some people actually pulling over for the ambulance, but he's locked right behind this thing just going through town. And I kid you not, we were a little bit freaking out. I was a little bit happy because we're going to get home quicker, but I was a little bit concerned because this is crazy. 
But we're speeding through this place, and there's people trying to cut in on him. There's people trying to take his place behind. And I was just like, this is absolute madness. But I, we were following that ambulance, and I mean, we made serious time. And in record time, we got back to where we were, and I'd never got back home so fast from downtown. But we had to follow that thing. We had to lock into that thing, and we had to follow hard after the ambulance. Well, I'm telling you, Mark is one of those kind of books where you lock in behind Jesus, and Mark has Jesus move moving, moving, moving. And that's why we got all these maps up here because Jesus was moving. And if you track where Jesus went, I mean, Jesus traveled almost some 500 miles in the book of Mark if you follow where he went. And Jesus was moving. And the whole book is incredibly aggressive. And we're going to follow hard. Just like us locking up with that ambulance. Mark's going to get us following hard, locking up with Jesus and seeing him some incredible things. Can I get an amen for that introduction? <laughs> Same three people. That's awesome. Let's go to Mark chapter 1. Mark chapter 1, start and look what it says. I'm reading from the, the message paraphrase, so listen to what it says. It says, this is the beginning of the wonderful news about Jesus the Messiah, the Son of God, and it starts with Isaiah the prophet. This is the beginning of the wonderful news. I love it. Mark says, I got some wonderful news for you. It's about Jesus Christ. He is the Messiah, and this is just the beginning, and then boom, he just races in. But right away, he ties it to Isaiah. Right away, he ties this Jesus who he wants to to tell us about. He says that he's tied up with the prophet Isaiah. Therefore, this Jesus is the Messiah. He's the one that the Old Testament talks about. And I want to introduce you to the wonderful, wonderful news about Jesus. Watch closely, he says. I'm sending my preacher ahead of you. He'll make the road smooth for you. Thunder in the desert. Thunder in the desert. He's, it's, all of his language is so powerful. It's so, you know, it's, it's over the top. It's superlatives everywhere. He wasn't just in the desert, but there's thunder in the desert. Thunder. Prepare for God's arrival. Make the road smooth and straight. I mean, he ties it all together with this prophetic word. And then John, the baptizer, shows up. He appeared in the wild. John the baptizer appeared in the wild. I mean, things are happening really, really fast here. I mean, we introduced him. We tie him to the Old Testament. Also, here's John. This is the guy who the Old Testament was talking about. Who is it? John. This guy. John showed up in the wild preaching. The I love it. In the wild preaching the baptism of a life change that leads to forgiveness of sins. Now, he's preaching that you get baptized and it leads to forgiveness of sins. Well, people thronged to him from Judea and Jerusalem, and they confessed their sins. They were baptized in the Jordan into a changed life. John wore camel hair, a camel hair habit. It was tied at his waist with a leather belt. He ate locusts and wild field honey. Millions of people went out to see this guy. Church history tells us that millions of people were baptized by John. There was a lot of hungry people for transformation and for change. There's a lot of hungry people today for transformation and for change. And right now, we're kind of in the wild ourselves right now. It's pretty wild out there. You know, but Jesus shows up in the wild. So we got some good stuff happening today. And Jesus came. And Jesus, he preached and he said, the real action is coming next. The star in this drama, whom is a, I'm a mere stagehand, but he's going to change your life. I baptize you here in the river, turning your old life in for the kingdom. His baptism, though, his baptism is a holy baptism by the Holy Spirit, and it will change you from the inside out. Stephen John's message is, would you confess, would you, would you confess your dirty, 
dirty dog. And then if you'll come and amend your life, you can be baptized. Your sins can be forgiven. But he said there's a whole different message with Jesus. When he comes, his message is supernatural, holy, and empowered. And with his message, you believe in him, and you're going to experience change not from the outside in, but from the inside out. You're going to get whacked in the Holy Ghost, and you're going to experience change where the life-transforming power of God is going to touch you and transform you from the inside out. I like that, don't you? Don't you? You get a little taste of Jesus. You get a little dab of the kingdom, and it's going to work its way through your whole life. You can't help yourself, but suddenly you were a slave to sin. Now you're a slave to righteousness. I don't even know why, but every time I wake up, I want to serve the purpose of God. I want to manifest his life. That's because it's his life. It's his power working from the inside out. So he's turning your whole world around from the inside out. So he preached out a holy baptism. Verse 9 says, at this time, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee. He was baptized by John, and the moment he came out of the water, I mean the moment, this is his language, this is boom, boom, it's aggressive. The moment he came out of the water, he saw the sky split open in God's spirit. The sky split open. It just split open. Other, other translations, it was torn open. The sky was torn open. I mean, his language is aggressive. Yeah, I mean, that's what the prophecy was, rend the heavens and come down. This was the fulfillment of that. We keep praying for it now. It already happened. See, Mark is saying the sky was torn open, and God said, this is my son. The sky is torn open. He came out of the water. It split open. And like a dove, it wasn't a dove, but it was like a dove. Like a dove, then it descended like a dove, landed on Jesus, and it didn't just land on him, but it went in him. He was fully saturated and filled with the Holy Spirit. He said, and the Spirit came along, and then suddenly out of the heavens a voice declares, you are my son, chosen and marked by my love. You are the pride of my life. Hey! I mean, wow, a lot is happening right now. We're going to do the whole of chapter 1. Can you believe it? We're going to go through some aggressive stuff. Mark chapter 142, it says, immediately the leprosy left him. That word is used 80 times in the New Testament, but Mark uses it 40 times. 40 times. He's just like, let's go. Immediately, 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 immediately. I mean, Mark, you get tired just reading because it's exhausting the pace. But how many like a little bit of pace when you're talking about the things of God? I mean, God's moving and he's in a hurry. I mean, you got John appears, Jesus appears, the sky splits open, the Father speaks, the Spirit comes. He's pushed violently into the wilderness, into the wild. The devil tests him, wild beasts are there. Angels are moving, cooking him lunch. Jesus is preaching, followers come. He drives out devils, he heals the sick, he touches lepers. The whole city lines up at the door. The whole region is pursuing him. And that's chapter one. Like, that's chapter one. That's so much is going on in chapter one. So we're going to cover that today. You ready? We're going to follow Jesus. We're going to follow him right now through chapter one. And you know, following Jesus leads to change. Three things are going to touch. You ready? Here it goes. He came out of the water. He overcame the wild. And he transformed the world. He came out of the water. He overcame the wild. And he transformed the world. That's what we're going to follow hard after right now. Number one, he came out of the water. Mark 1, 9, 11. The moment he came out of the water, the sky split. He spoke. Jesus spoke. The Spirit came upon him. And he said, this is my son marked by my love. I mean, Jesus shows up at the right time. Jesus 
embraces the call of ministry on his life and he shows up at the right time where he's supposed to be. And Jesus shows up there and he's embracing the call and here's what happens before Jesus does a lick of ministry. It wasn't like the father showed up later and said, hey, you did a really good job. Jesus hasn't done anything except show up. Jesus hasn't done anything except acknowledge that you're my father and I'm going to embrace your call on my life and I'm going to be everything that you've declared that I am to be. That's all Jesus did was say, I'm here, I'm ready, father use me and here's what the father says. The father says, this is my beloved son. This is the apple of my eye. The father identifies before you do a lick of ministry, you need to be living in the reality that you are God's child. You need to have an identity that is absolutely, totally secure and that he's nuts about you and he loves you not because you do anything, but because you are the apple of his eye. You are his child and he is absolutely nuts about you. I mean, before you do anything, you got to fully get baptized in your identity that you are one with Christ. You are one spirit with Christ. You're in absolute union with God. You can't get closer to God than you are today. He brought you in and nothing can take you out. He identified you with himself. You are a beloved child of God and he's never going to change his mind about you. Man, isn't that good? Who are you? I'm a child of God. I'm the apple of his eye. I'm loved by God. He doesn't love me because I do stuff. I'm not trying to get closer to him. I am absolutely close to him. I am loved by him. And you know what that does? Makes me want to serve him. That should be the source of your service and your behavior. You don't behave to get accepted. You are accepted. Therefore, you behave. And you got to get that identity figured out right away. Neil Anderson said the most important thing in your life is what you know about God. He said that's the most important thing about you. He said the second most important thing is this, is the most important <laughs> belief. <coughs> I got to step out of my blue box. No. <laughs> Second, the second most important belief is that you are children of God because we cannot consistently behave in a way that is inconsistent with how we perceive ourselves. How many think behavior is important? How many think we need to tell people out there to behave themselves? Well, you know what? They cannot behave themselves if they don't know who they are. And you see, so if we're serious about behavior, we need to tell people that God loves you. We need to tell people that God is for you. We need to tell people that he is ready to not just give you his righteousness, but to make you righteous. You cannot behave righteous if every day you believe I'm a worm, I'm a dog, and I need to do better. If that's your confession every morning, you know what you're going to do? You're going to be a worm and a dog. Woof, woof because you cannot behave beyond how you perceive yourself. That's why right away, God the Father wanted to make it clear to his son, before you do a lick of ministry for me, I want you to know it's not about that. It's about this. I am absolutely crazy nuts about you. And you got to know that yourself. And you know what? The knowing of that will let you walk in a way that literally you will manifest things and you'll be a testimony of the goodness of God. I should leave that cap off. Oops, I got water on my notes. I can't see what it means. It says, Hebrews. <laughs> Dr. Caroline Leaf. I love Dr. Caroline Leaf. She said, the good news is we are wired for love, which means all our mental circuitry. <laughs> I don't have the COVID, I promise you. 
we, we are wired for good. We are wired for love, which means all our mental circuitry is wired for only positive things. If we have a natural, we have a natural optimism bias wired right into us. Fear is a learned response. You're wired for love. Like you literally, you, when you were born as a child, you immediately were wired for love. Somebody had to teach you fear. Somebody had to teach you hate. Somebody had to teach you bigotry. Somebody had to teach you all that nonsense because when you were born as a child, you were wired to respond to good things. You were wired for love. You were never, ever wired for fear. And as a child of God, born again child of God, I did not give you a spirit of fear, but love and power and a sound mind. So as a child of God, we are wired for good stuff. And the only bias we have is a good bias and a love bias experiment done in Stanford in the notes you can see it I've given you uh, the link you can go to it but they did an experiment at Stanford University and they took a whole bunch of people and they divided them up into two groups and they put them in one of those virtual things how many have had the goggles and done a virtual thing where you really think you're there how many have actually done that well, they took a whole bunch of people and put them in a room and they said, we're going to send you on a journey. And then they put on the mask and they were all taken to go help with the disaster. Now, half the group were taken by helicopter with another group of people, but one group were given superhuman powers to go take care of the event. And half of the group got the ability to fly over every obstacle and go immediately to the situation and bring help. So half of the group were superhuman and supernaturally empowered to change that situation. The other group had to get in a helicopter. What with the group of people did some, and they all came back. Now, as a part of the whole experiment, here's what happens. They had an exit interview, and the lady would come and say, oh, good, good to see you. When she walked out, she went, boom, and she on purpose knocked over a, a, a jar full of pens. Fifteen pens fell on the floor. And then she went, oh. And she would wait. She paused on purpose. Now, of the people who went on the helicopter, more than a third of those people didn't even respond to the pens falling on the floor. Most of those people, it took a long time before they actually joined in with the lady to help pick up the pens. Every single person who got superhuman strength immediately within three seconds engaged in picking up pens. So here's what it says. You ready? Here's what they said. They said, giving test subjects superhuman-like flight in a virtual reality simulator makes them more likely to exhibit altruistic behavior in real life. Altruistic behavior meaning they're more optimistically disposed to life. They have a bias of good things, of love, and of care. All of those people, when they saw something happen, they immediately engaged and said, I will help you. And what was the difference between the two groups? One group got superhuman strength. Hello. You have the life of Christ in you. You have the power of Almighty God. You got the same resurrection spirit of God in you. And you know, when you're really a child of God, being a child of God is what changes your behavior. You don't change your behavior to prove you're a child of God. Virtually the reality that you can acknowledge right now that I am supernaturally born again. I am supernaturally filled and baptized in the spirit of God. That and that alone should be the source of transformed behavior. And if you're serious about behavior, then preach a message of identity and a realization that I am a child of God. Sadly, so much of church these days is just preaching behavior modification. But you guys all need to do better. Tell me something I don't know. But here's what a lot of people don't know. You really are a child of God. You really have his spirit inside you. You really have the power that said, let there be light. You have the same speaking spirit that can speak to your circumstances and command them to change supernaturally. Are there any superhuman people in the room? 
you should all have your hands up. If you're not superhuman, let me pray for you after. Because Paul said to the Corinthian church, he says, I got to talk to you people like mere humans. I can't believe I'm talking. You actually think you're mere. We are not mere humans. We are supernaturally endowed with power from on high. Hallelujah. And when you know that, hey, that changes everything about you. Hello. All right. So I'll show you this graph. You ready? This is actually a graph out of one. I didn't, I had more quotes for it, but literally this graph was your ability to learn from bad news and your ability to learn from good news. The green line is all of your life you learn from good news. You start out ready to learn from good news. The green line, you can't see it as much on that one, but over here, the green line is constant through life. Good news brings transformation, brings change in your life. Somewhere in around your 40s and 50s, you actually respond a little bit to bad news. Well, listen here, there's a lot of cancel culture going on right now. Some people think the gospel was the first cancel culture. Some people think the, the, the message that we have was the very first cancel culture. You better come to Jesus or he's going to cancel you. You don't want to be canceled, do you? He's going to cancel you. He's going to send you right to hell. And you'll be canceled if you don't get in line with this message. That's not good news, folks. And that was never the message of the gospel. It's never really anywhere in the Bible. Jesus said, I got good news. Here's the kingdom. It's within your reach. I'm going to give you heaven on earth. I'm going to give you and impart to you as a free gift. I'm going to freely forgive you, freely change you, freely transform your life, and freely empower you with power from on high. How many think that's good news? Well, if you don't embrace it, I'm going to send you right to hell. It was never anywhere in the Bible, and yet we've said God was the original cancel culture. I'm God, you're not, and if you don't smarten up and get with the program, I'm going to kick you out of my kingdom. That is not the message that we preach. Can I get an amen? I mean, all the people today, they're trying to put pressure on people by saying, if you don't line up with us, we'll cancel you. Whoopie-doo. You know what? Even later in life, I love it when you get older in life, somebody says they're going to cancel you. He said, go ahead. I've been canceled by better people than you. You don't care. I, mean, I don't care. Tell you know what? Threatening people, threatening children, threatening people to get changed, that's not the way of God. God doesn't threaten us to try to get us to be transformed. He goozes, goozes. I don't know if goozes is a word, but I just made it up. He goozes and oozes, and I think it's oozing and gushing is goozing. I just made that up. Gushing and oozing is goozing. He goozed you. Somebody tweet that right now. I got goozed at church today. Maybe you shouldn't tweet that. That's a bit weird. Okay, but you get baptized in his goodness and his love. That's what God does for us. Can I get amen? Immediately, immediately then the Spirit drove him into the wilderness. Immediately drove him, pushed him, the Spirit pushed him into the wild, and he was there in the wilderness 40 days, tempted of Satan, tested by Satan with the wild beasts and with angels ministering. Now, number 40 is a type of testing. There were 40 days. The rain happened with Noah 40 days in the wilderness when Moses disobeyed 40 days in the wilderness. 40, 40, 40. It's a type of testing. It's a type of trial. It's a type of probation. Well, right away, the first thing that happened, Jesus, boom, he got sent into the wild. How many feel like we're in the wild right now? How many feel like my life's a bit wild right now? It's a bit crazy right now. I don't like it. Well, you know what? Jesus went through the wild for you. He's already done it. You have overcome the I'll try that again. You have overcome the you have. You've overcome the wild. Jesus went. He took the devil head on, and he overcame the wild. Every temptation was thrown at him. Listen now. I got every temptation is based on a legitimate need or real purpose in your life. Every temptation. If it's not one of those things, it's not legitimate. 
You know, if you came up to me and, and you put, you know, uh, cow tongue in front of me and said, oh, pastor, don't you want some? I'd say, I'll pass. I don't have a massive need for cow tongue nor a desire for cow tongue. Now, if you put cherry pie, I would say make it a big piece. <laughs> and that's not even because I need it. That's because I desire it. My wife says I don't. But every temptation is based on a legitimate need. You do have a need to eat. You do have a need to feed your body. I do it a little more than others because I'm just a little more obedient in that area than a lot of people. But here's sin. You know what sin is? Sin is meeting a legitimate need or a legitimate purpose of God in an illegitimate way. See, if I think I need food and I'm eating way, way too much of it, I'm taking it overboard. There's an illegitimate exchange going on there. You know what? Here, here's the thing. When, when Jesus was tempted, 40 days, no food, 40 days fasting, 40 days out there with the wild beasts, and then the devil shows up and says, aren't you hungry? Is he hungry? Tell me. Anybody think he's hungry? Anybody else think he's hungry? In the back row, is he hungry? Is he looking for a Big Mac? Well, the devil comes and he says, hey, hey, are you hungry? You know what? If you are, you say you are. You can just speak to that rock and say, let it be bread. You can take care of your needs right now because you need a cheeseburger, Jesus. You do. And, you know, if you're who you say, I just get, I mean, say, let there be buffet. Let there be. Well, maybe not today. How many have canceled buffets? They've been taken out of your, I just don't want to touch everybody else's forks and food and stuff. Anyway, but Jesus, you, you could just say, let there be food. Oh, and you can have that. So go ahead and do it. And is it a legitimate need? Absolutely. But you know what? I'm not going to try to meet my needs on my own. I'm always going to submit to what my father wants to do. So he said, you don't live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So he's trying to get him to get a need met outside of the process of his relationship with the Father. And then he's talking about your, your destiny. He says, look, he takes him up and says, look at all this stuff. It's your destiny to reign and rule, to be the king of the whole world, right? That's your destiny? I tell you what, instead of going through this nasty journey that is before you, before you even get started, I'm going to let you get this without all the hard work. I'm going to give you an advantage. I'm going to let you pass, go right now, and boom, I'm going to give you all the things that are in your destiny. And the devil could have done it, or it wasn't a legitimate temptation. He said, bypass every hardship, take it in your own hands, have everything that God promised you now without the difficulty of the journey. You know what? Sometimes you got to go through it. Say through it. And too many people, they're looking for ways to bypass the process in their lives. And they're trying to say, I'm going to get the things that God manifest in my life without the effort. I'm going to do it in my own terms. Thanks very much, God, that you've got a plan to make it happen. But I want it now, and I'm going to do it on my own. You see, that's sin. It's, when you, it's a legitimate thing that you are a child of God. It's a legitimate thing that he's blessed you with all things. But you know what? All those things flow to you out of that intimate relationship with God. And you just trust him every day. And you don't try to bypass it or get a shortcut. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. All right, so you don't do that. A lot of people have seen them walk away from their destiny because they want shortcuts. I'm really awesome. I'm looking for a shortcut. Well, the devil will find one for you. If you're looking for a shortcut, he's right at your door going... I think I can help you. And the temptations are not some evil thing. He'll tempt you with your destiny. Hey. Hey. Okay. You know, also, he, he tempted him, you know, as well with uh, who he is. And he said his identity. He says, if you're really the son of God, I mean, just jump off this temple height and the angels will come and take care of you. If you really are, and the devil's always saying that to you. If you guys really are who you say you are, why are you wearing masks in church? Anyways, let me leave that one alone. Didn't want to, didn't want to start a fight, you know. We're doing that because we're being responsible, loving, and kind to everybody 
who's out and about because we want to honor everybody and everything. Can I get an amen? You know, it's a really important process. When I go to India, I have a translator. I don't say, I don't want a translator. I can speak to these people on my own. God will supernaturally let them hear. Well, you know what? I got to use a translator. I'm in a situation. I'm working through a process. And we are right now too. And I want to reach as many people as I can. So whoop-de-doo, I'll wear a stupid mask. Or a really nice mask. Janet had a really good mask on today, didn't she? I got my Penn State mask. And then they canceled the Big Ten. That really was terrible. All right. So here it is. He, he comes out of the water and he comes out of the wild. He says, these things, John said, these things I have spoken to you. He said, I spoke the word to you that in me you may have peace. Where do you have peace? In him. In the world, what are you going to have? Tribulation. But be of good cheer because I have overcome the world. He overcame the wild. He took care of it. Where do you have peace? It's in him. In him you have peace. In the world, you're going to have trouble. But don't be afraid because I'm going to bring you through everything because I I have overcome the world. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. There's no test, no trial, no temptation that comes your way except it is the course of what others have had to face. Another translation says it's common to man. Pastor, you don't know what I'm going through, though. I mean, what I'm going through, oh, my God. I tell you, oh, oh, oh. You know, the Bible's not trying to be rude. God's not trying to be rude. But whatever you're going through, it's common. Whatever you're going through, it's like anybody else goes through stuff. There's people in the world going through really terrible stuff. But you know what? No matter what you're going through, it's common. But he says, look, remember this, that God will never let you down. Remember this, God will never let you down. He never let you get pushed beyond what he's able to do. He always helps you, and he will always bring you through it. Say through it. For this purpose was the Son of God manifest to destroy the works of the devil. Number three, so he comes out of the water. He overcomes the wild. And then number three, he transforms the world. All in one chapter. All in one chapter. Boom. He overcomes the world. Mark chapter 1, 27, 28, 33. Everyone there was incredulous. They were buzzing with curiosity. What's going on? There's a new teaching that does what it says. There's a new teaching that does what it says. You can get this blender. It slices and dices. It chops. It does 35, you know, and then two weeks later, the thing's broken. The handle falls off. They've had all kinds of teachers, blah, 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 and everybody's talking and everybody's saying stuff, but suddenly somebody's come along and what he says works. What he says, folks, what we have works. We just sang about miracles. God does, he really does do miracles. He really does fill us with the spirit. He really does fill us with transforming power to speak life over our world. It really, really works. You see, we, we identified with him. We conquered the wild with him. And now we get to go to heaven, hopefully, and get us out of this mess. No, now we get to transform the world because as he is in this world, so are we. You see, we get to do that right now. In 1 John 5, 4 and 5 says, every God-begotten person conquers the world's ways. How do you conquer the world's ways? You recognize I am born of God. I am a child of God. And every person born of God conquers the world's ways. Are you born of God? If you're not born of God, please don't leave here today without accepting him as your savior. And you can be born again and have a new identity, a new nature, a new address. The Holy Spirit, your mouth speaks power and revelation. 
He is a great God. Everyone who begotten of God overcomes the world. Conquering, it's a conquering power. What is it? What is the conquering power that brings the world to its knees? It's our faith. The person who wins out over the world's way simply, say simply, 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 it's simply the one who believes Jesus is the Son of God. I mean, if you can believe that, boom, everything rushes towards you to transform your world. John 20, 21, Jesus said to them again, peace to you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And in Mark 1, 32 to 34, it says, it brought to him all who were sick, all who were demon-possessed. Then he healed many who were sick and cast out all the demons. He cast out the demons and healed people of diseases. Oh my goodness. Following Jesus changes everything. Following Jesus changes everything. Just in one chapter, we're identified with him. We're one with him. Boom. And then, pow, we get a revelation that we have overcome the wild. And then what do we get to do? We get to partner with him. I love it. It says that the whole city lined up at the door. The whole city lined up at the door because they heard about Jesus. The whole city. Are you looking forward to the day where the whole city lines up at the door? Anybody? I mean, they got a message that really does what it says. I mean, how amazing is that? They talk about God, and he really shows up. Everybody, the whole city showed up at the door. Then it says later he couldn't even go into cities, but they found him. Wherever he was, they found him, and he ministered to the people. And a lot of times in, John, in Mark, you're going to see casting out devils. Mark was really strong about destroying the work of the devil. Maybe we need to cast out more devils. Anybody, anybody right now, any demons here today? But you know what? He, every influence of the devil, any way, any spirit of affliction that was on anyone, Jesus dealt with it, and he set captives free. And anybody whose body was afflicted, they were totally healed. And when he went to obscure places, he tried not to be found, and the ant came from everywhere. And no matter where he was, they found him. Come on, stand up with me. He came out of the water. He overcame the wild. And he transformed the world. you got to come out of the water. If you haven't been water baptized, why not? It's not just getting wet. It's a place where you are announcing, Lord, I'm yours. I separate my life to you. And I want to be your child. And when you come out of that water, there's, there's the voice of God. There's that, that revelation of his favor in your life. And you know what? You have to remember every day, I am a blood-bought, water-baptized, spirit-filled believer. You get that done. You know, and then when you get that identity figured out and realize, you realize that because of that, I just simply by believing, I have overcome the world. I've overcome it all. And then you get a revelation that the next great thing isn't I get to go to heaven. Right now, heaven has come to me, and I get to boldly transform my world. Chapter 1 of Mark. Next week, we're going to jump into chapter 2. But I want you to fully embrace chapter 1. All right? Bow your heads for me. Just everybody praying, all right? Everybody praying. Even if you're online and you're watching us, just bow your heads, all the believers praying. If you're watching online, I want to talk to you. I want to talk to you in the room. I want to talk to you watching online. Listen, do you know Jesus? I mean, have you, have you settled your identity? Have you settled once and for all that you're a child of God? Have you settled once and for all of his love for you and that he's forgiven you, he's healed you, he's restored you. If you've never made that decision to say, I want you to be my Lord and Savior, you can do that right now. I'm going to do something really simple. I'm going to count to three. I'm going to go one, two, three. At three, if you want to do that, say, Pastor, pray for me. Just put your hand up when I say three. You ready? All around the house. One, 
two, three. Just put your hand up very high, very high. Thank you. Anyone else? Put your hand up very high. Anyone else? Anyone else? Anyone online? If you put your hand up, thank you. Listen, I just want to pray for everybody now. In Jesus' name, just repeat after me. You put your hand up, just repeat after me. Are you ready? Everybody's going to join in, so you lift up your voice as well. You ready? Lord Jesus, thank you for saving me. Thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for healing me. Thank you for setting me free. I declare right now, I am a child of God, born of God, healed, delivered, and set free. Thank you, the Lord of my life, in Jesus' name, amen. Hey, that was some good. Wasn't that good right there? Hey, hey, hey. Wow. Well, what a good-looking group. I mean, we've been breaking records every week of the number of people in the house. we got an overflow room over there, too. So, you know, if we have to, we'll go to two services, and we'll do a service that's completely for family. So we'll do stuff where kids will feel engaged as well. But we're going to continue to grow and continue to expand in this. If you were new, first time here, thank you so much. for. You could have done anything today, and you visited us. And we're so honored that you're with us. I hope you got a package. hope you got welcomed well. Fill out that card. We want to talk with you and bless you. And correspond with you. Can I get an amen? amen? Let me pray for you and bless you. There's a, a line up here for prayer. If you need prayer, stay behind and put your feet on the yellow tape there, and two people are going to come and pray for you, okay? If you need prayer, if you need prayer online, you can go to the All Access Pass online, press the red button, you'll go to the All Access Pass, and you can be sent to a prayer room where two people are ready to pray for you, so you can get prayer online as well. If you want to online, there's going to be a people here walking out, waving and saying hi to each other. If you want to say hi to somebody online, we have a virtual lobby online, you can click in online, you can go to that, and people are ready to talk with you and say hi to you, Deborah and Terry will be there, and uh, uh, Ingrid and Glenn will be there. There's people there ready to bless you, love on you, and pray for you, all right? So thank you for being with us, you folks in the house, you folks online. Have an incredibly blessed day. Let me bless you, okay? Heavenly Father, thank you so much for being such a great God. We love you deeply. We love you with our whole heart. And you know what? We love you because you first loved us. And so we, we just greet you again with just a big sloppy kiss. Thank you, Jesus, for being such a good God. I command your richest blessing on each one. They're about to go to church right now. They're about to leave here and go into the community. They're about to go to church. They're about to go loose. They're going to loose Mark chapter 1 on their world. They're going to loose it everywhere they go. So I'm about to release these people to go to church right now and demonstrate your kingdom. So Father, bless them. Saturate them with your goodness. Put them on like a garment and manifest yourself in and through them everywhere they go. I bless them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. In Jesus' name, amen.